What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Hardline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ as the host. Why? Because they are the ones that run this operation. It's their show. It's their podcast. I was just called to get this set up so we can uh, spread the good word. And you are listening to 1% with him. And we are going to be doing the book of Titus. We're going to be doing two readings today, two chapters, because it's a very short book. It's only three books. Uh, Excuse me, three chapters. Yesterday we did chapter one. Today we're going to do chapter two and three. And so, yeah, we got God and Jesus Christ as the host because they are the ones in charge. They're the boss. They're the CEO. They are the CFO, the manager, the supervisor. They're the employee. They're the ones that do it all. Um, I'm just a technical guy, but they are at the helm and they are steering this ship through these crazy chaotic waters and through this storm that we call life. So welcome. But like I said, you should never fear because with God and Christ at the wheel, they will steer you and your life into a safe harbor. You just have to trust. So I tell you, the world is still kind of nutty. It's a little crazy out there still, you know, been just, it's hard to keep track of, uh, not that I'm even trying to be quite honest with you, but it is, you know, I'm sure for most people out there, it's kind of hard to keep track of what's going on out there because there's just so much going in and out of the news cycle. Supposedly Jill Biden's got COVID again, regardless of getting the jab, never mind that, but you know, Hey, good thing I got the jab. I'm, I'm a okay. You know, you got, uh, the U S embassy is um, in Kiev is warning all U.S. citizens to flee from Ukraine. I mean, you got uh, what else? I mean, there's just there's there's a lot going on, um, and it's really hard to keep track of what's up. You know, supposedly Paul Pelosi pled guilty to the one DUI charge, and of course, because it's rules for thee and not for me, he gets to avoid jail, gets his you know, and gets hit with only a three years probation. Whoop de doo. That's according to the Gateway Pundit. And so, yeah, it's just, you know, there's just too much going on out there to really keep track. And that's why the last few days I've just been kind of taking a step back from listening to podcasts in general. In fact, I've been just kind of listening to ebooks. There's this book that I've been listening to called uh, The Culling of Man. And let me tell you, wow, um, it's about 400 and I think it's 446 pages. It's a pretty long, in-depth book. Um, but if you ever get interested to check it out, it's called The Culling of Man. And um, that guy just, and I think that book, it was released in 2013, I want to say. And I'm, I got to say, I'm, I'm about, I have about 98, we're just going to call it 100 pages, we'll round up. I got roughly about 100 pages left to go in it. 
And it's a it's a mind bender. There's a lot of stuff that this guy goes in great detail, stuff that we already know that we hear other voices out there talk about stuff that we hear from SGT reports, stuff we hear from Bards FM, stuff that we hear from X-22, you know, so the stuff that he discusses in this book is nothing new. However, just like the, uh, the expose, uh, the great American adventure, it's the same thing. He just goes into much greater detail. In fact, he goes into so much greater detail. I almost kind of wonder, it's like where you're getting your information from, because this kind of detail, you just don't, you know, you just don't get these kind of details by basic internet searches. I'm sorry. The internet is way too filtered to get the kind of information that's in this book out of an internet search. So he either knows somebody or he's very well connected. And so, but I'm just kind of wrapping that up. I'll probably end up finishing that book tomorrow. Um, I may have to listen to it again because there's so much information that I don't even know where to start. There's so much from, you know, just everything. I I can't even really begin to explain it, but uh, I'll try to, you know, take some different things out of that and maybe make a good show out of it because there's a lot of good information. It's just I just don't know where to start, where to pull from, how to compose it all together because it's just the book itself is just amazing. So if you ever get a chance, I highly suggest checking it out, you know. Um, if you're not a reader, definitely get an, you know, get the audiobook. Um, I don't have the audiobook. What I do is I actually have the PDF and on my iPhone, because I stream on my iPhone, I just highlight all the text in big snippets, like, you know, two chapters at a time, because the chapters are pretty long. And then I do the, because uh, with iPhone, it has a little feature on there. So when you highlight something, you know how it typically pulls up a menu to where you can copy the text and like paste it somewhere or you could share it and airdrop it to someone or whatever well there's a little uh a feature on there it just says speak so i'm assuming for people that are you know blind and they can't read you can hit the speak button and it it reads it off in like a you know kind of like a siri type of voice and it just narrates you know what it's reading so that's what i do and uh tell you what it sure allows being you know in a truck for 12 hours it sure really helps when you can listen to, you know, a 400 and plus, you know, page book, you know, through the speakers. Um, I do like to read, but, you know, with driving, (laughs) they kind of frown on that, you know, while you're hauling gas and reading and driving, you know, down the highway, it's not really a good idea. But anyway, I digress. So today we're going to be talking, uh, we're going to be reading out of the book of Titus chapter two and three, because like I said, very short. And today we're going to flip back to the NASB version. Um, cause like I said, I like to go back and forth, forth between that and the N-A-B-R-E. And so, uh, we're just going to get right into it. So chapter two, Titus. So starting with verse one, uh, and it's only 15 verses. So it says, but as for you proclaim the things which are fitting for sound doctrine, older men are to be temperate, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, in perseverance. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious, gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Likewise, urge the young men to be sensible in all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds with purity and doctrine, dignified, sound in speech, which is beyond reproach, so that the opponent will be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. 
urge slaves to be subject to their own masters in everything, to be pleasing, not argumentative, not stealing, but showing all good faith so that they will adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in every respect. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and in godly manner in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, eager for good deeds. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. No one is to disregard you. And that's chapter 2. Like I said, very short chapters. And so overall, what does Titus chapter 2 mean? Before and we'll, we'll talk about that for a quick minute before we go on to chapter 3, the last book. So with, with uh, Titus chapter 2, 1 through 10, it gives specific instructions for various groups within the church. And Titus is commanded to teach each of these groups with authority. And so Paul includes directions tailored for older men. And then, you know, for older women, then young men and younger women. And this part of the chapter emphasizes characteristics such as like self-control, excuse me, faithfulness, dignity, respect, godliness, and love. And older men and women are to, you know, take on the responsibility and the duty to mentor these younger men and women, respectively. And Paul also gives directions to these servants regarding the submission of, to their masters. And so Titus is given instruction as well as for uh, the correct conduct of a leader. And so a major reason for right behavior is to leave critics no room to attack the Christian faith. And and I tell you, that's something that we're, we're certainly missing in today's society, you know, you know, especially in a society that's so heavy with divorce. Um, you know, I'm the product of a divorced, uh, you know, marriage as well. Um, I think I, if I can recall correctly, if memory serves me right, and, and the reason I know it sounds strange, but I don't keep tabs on my parents. But if I recall correctly, you know, I think they weren't they weren't married any longer than seven years. I mean, so they divorced at a very, you know, when I was at a very young age. And so for the majority of my childhood, all I've ever really known were separated parents, I've never really had any solid memories of them together, to be quite frank with you. And I say that to say this, Now, I'm not trying to get sympathy, but what I'm trying to get at here is, you know, the divorce level and rate has, is exponentially increasing. Why is that? Well, money seems to be the biggest root of issues between, you know, among marriages. I'll be honest with you. It was here over here in the Jones household for a while. That's number one. In fact, that's what they say is the leading cause of divorce. If you haven't heard that statistic already, is that the leading cause of divorce is typically financial issues. Now, the other big thing that I've been seeing that I've been hearing and people that I know firsthand. And again, there's a couple guys that I'm really close friends with that have their own ministry that helps men overcome the addiction of pornography is, well, pornography. That's another big thing that really can lead towards divorce because, you know, it's all at the end of the day, look, and, and women engage in it just as much as men do, to be quite honest with you. And so, you know, at the end of the day, it, all this stuff, it's all the devil's 
you know, work. And what's the devil there to do? He's there, along with his little minions, he's there to disrupt. He's there to break apart your family. He's there to take everything that is supposed to be good, that God created in his perfect plan, and he's there to invert things and flip it up on its head. He's there to invert everything. I mean, just take a look at the uh, gay pride flag, for example. I mean, that's a very clear case example right there, clear-cut example. You know, you because, you know, God's rainbow, as it was stated, I believe, in Genesis, was, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a promise made that he would not wipe out man again, like, like he did with the flood. I'm just paraphrasing here. But, and, and if you also recall as well, because that was God's promise to his people, well, now you get these little satanic Luciferians with their little, you know, um, living their abominational, you know, abomination-like lifestyle. They take God's promise, they take out a color, put it on a flag, call it their gay pride flag, because if you actually count the colors of the flag of their gay pride flag, it's six colors. And you know how Satan likes to use the number six. That's his favorite freaking number. And so, yeah, everything that Lucifer can get his hands on that, that God made in perfect, you know, in his perfect image and his perfect design. Yeah. You better bet your bottom worthless fiat dollar that he's going to take it, invert it, bastardize it, call it his own, repackage it and say, Hey guys, this is way better. And so what am I getting at? So back to the divorce thing. We won't, we don't see much of that anymore these days. You won't see older men and older women teaching the younger men and the younger women on how to be, how to, in, you know, how to compose yourself, how to go about living your life, how to be a good husband, how to be a good uh, wife, how to serve. Yeah, you won't see any of that because the divorce rate is so high. And so that's what this book is talking about. Now, as we get into chapter three, which is the last book in Titus, and I'm going to read this because, again, another very short book, only 15 verses. And it reads, remind them to be subject to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed, to slander no one, not to be contentious, to be gentle showing every consideration for all people. For we too were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures. What was, what was I just talking about earlier? Sidebar, right? Enslaved to various lusts and pleasures. Again, one of the biggest reasons why a lot of marriages break up, continuing on. Spending our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not on the basis of deeds, which we did in righteousness, but in accordance with his mercy and by the washing of regeneration and renew, renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he richly poured out upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. 
This statement is trustworthy in concerning these things. I want you to speak confidently so that those who have believed God will be careful to engage in good deeds. These things are good and beneficial for people, but avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and strife and disputes about the law, for they are useless and worthless. Reject a divisive person after a first and a second warning, knowing that such a person has deviated from what is right and is sitting being self-condemned. I'm going to pause there for a second. And this is one of the biggest reasons I refuse to get on an email going back and forth with people that want to challenge me and ask me, you know, and try to, you know, get after me and say, well, you know, you say this about this individual. And so, you know, what makes you right and, and what you believe when it comes to the National Assembly versus this other assembly that they've, you know, so heavily invested themselves into? I'm not going to engage Again, just like the Bible right here, right in the book of Titus, where it says, I'm not, I'm not going to engage in controversies and genealogies and strife and disputes. Again, because again, it, it, at the end of the day, I'm just dealing with somebody that's ignorant and divisive. I'm not going to get after, I'm not, I'm not going to engage in that because I, again, I have much, first off, it's, it's, it's meaningless and pointless because once somebody has their mind made up, who am I to try to change that mind? I'm there to plant seeds. It's up to God to water it, shed light on it and grow. All right, that's why he's God. Our job is to sow seeds. His job is to water, shed light, and want and and, and allow the plant to grow because we all grow at our own pace. Right? We all grow and develop in our own timing. Continuing on, when I send Artemis and uh, Tychius, Tychius, excuse me if I'm pronouncing that wrong, uh, Artemis and Tychius to you, make every effort to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Diligently help Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way, so that nothing is lacking for them. Our people must also learn to engage in good deeds to meet pressing needs, so that they will not be unproductive. All who are with me greet you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. And so what does chapter 3 mean here in the book of Titus? And so, well, Titus chapter 3 applies the teachings which Paul gave in chapter 2 and 3, and he encourages Christians to live separately from the immoral culture of Crete kind of something we should really take, you know, uh, we should take that advice very seriously with today's world, because in today's world, like I was saying, it seems like you have more abominational type of activities that more people are engaged in pornography, gender flipping their bio, you know, biological bodies to the opposite of what they, you know, you know, what they are by birth. Um, orgies, drunkenness, lots of drinking and drugs, you know, there's just, there's so much out there doing parades, you know, naked. I mean, what, two years ago, what, half of America was burning down because of, you know, one cop made one stupid decision and killed another man, a 
by putting his knee on him by the name of George Floyd. I mean, these are the types of things that our society, you know, our society is active in. It's ridiculous. And so, again, like it says in, 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 in chapter three here and two, he encourages Christians to live separately from the immoral culture of Crete. And we do have an immoral culture here in the United States of America. Sadly, it's it's something that really kind of, I almost feel burdened in my heart to say that. However, I do believe as more people wake up and turn their eyes to the cross and start getting back to God and rooting and, and centering God around the center of everything in our life, I really think that there is a lot of hope for this nation. I really do. Because otherwise, what are we here for? What, what are we here for? You know what I mean? And so Paul contrasts seven worthy behaviors with seven sins associated with unbelief. And these are a reminder of what these believers had already been taught. And it's not a new set of instructions. This is nothing that had been just invented out of thin air and this is brand new ideas for them. No, it's already been taught. It just serves as a reminder. And so Paul then explains that salvation is entirely on the basis of God's mercy. It's not something that we earn by doing good works. That's not how that works. And Titus is not the only book that, that talks about that concept. But when a person accepts Christ, they experience a spiritual cleansing or a regeneration. And that is why I am here myself. Back in September of 2020, when I thought all was lost in my marriage and with my family life as a whole, and I literally thought I was going to lose everything myself. Fortunately, I didn't, but I came damn close. When you, when you accept Christ in your heart, and when I say accept Christ, I'm not just saying shallow words. What I mean by accepting Christ is, I mean a true, genuine, sincere, heartfelt invitation on a daily basis in prayer or in your gratitude journal or whatever it is that you do that communicates with God. Because there's some days I, I may not pray in my mind or, you know, audibly in my with my voice. I have a what's called a gratitude slash like, you know, it's a prayer journal. And every morning when I write in it, while I'm loading my first load in my truck, without fail, and it's probably the most boring journal in the world because there's some days I don't say much other than just these first few lines. I always say, you know, good morning, Heavenly Father. Thank you for another day of life and good health, not just for myself, but for my wife and for our daughter. Thank you for the gift of good, you know, hard work and giving me the ability to earn a living and so that I could take some of what I earn and hopefully bless other people. And I, you know, and I ask you to guide my words, my thoughts and my actions. And I invite your son, Jesus Christ, each and every day in my heart and have him guide me each and every day. Literally, that's about the gist of what most of every day is. And if nothing else, that's about all it is. And yeah, 
Rita was just saying right here on the chat board, there is always hope with Jesus. Not only is there hope, but there is a guarantee with Jesus. That's about the only thing in this life, in this world, that is a 100% solid guarantee. And that's in Jesus Christ. Jesus will not, Jesus will not disappoint you. Now, granted, he might do some things and answer some prayers in ways that you don't expect how they would be answered. But they will be answered. You got to remember God and Christ, they they operate on their realms. They have a bigger, obviously, a much deeper divine understanding of what's going on than our little peasy brains can ever comprehend. You know, ever comprehend. We got to always remember that. And so the Holy Spirit is given to us as a result of God's generosity and grace. Isn't that just wonderful? I mean, that's a gift that God gives us because God is so generous and graceful. And, and he, that's, that's his gift to us. He gives us the Holy Spirit. We just have to be diligent enough to tune out the noise and the BS out there and be willing to listen and accept the instructions by that Holy Spirit. You know, the text affirms that this depiction of grace is something to be trusted. Now, Titus is given instructions to emphasize these basic principles and to insist on them. But Paul also lists four activities which Titus is told to avoid. Well, what are those? Well, it's like I was just saying earlier. Those were pointless debates, arguments over genealogy, quarrels, and debates over the law of Moses. These are not only waste time, but they... They give inappropriate attention to false teachers. Instead, those who teach false doctrine are to be warned, then cut off. I don't claim to have answers. In fact, I don't really claim to have answers, period. Look, I'm like you. I'm trying to seek out answers myself, too. I'm trying to ask and pray for discernment on on a daily basis because, like you, I'm looking for truth as well. And I just pray each and every day that God guides me in the way that he needs me to be guided to put out whatever it is that he needs me to put out. And so a lot of, a lot of what he's saying that we need to avoid, pointless debates, arguments over genealogy, quarrels and debates over the laws of Moses. You know, when you... When you give audience to people like that, all it's going to do is just frustrate you. Really? That's all it's going to do. And so Paul concludes the letter with the greetings of love from fellow believers, and he instructs Titus to assist Zenos and Apollos, who had delivered the message. And he also asked Titus to make plans to visit him in the Greek city of Nicopolis, where Paul plans to spend the winter. Huh, Nicopolis, I wonder if that's like their version of Florida, where he's going to be a snowbird. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry, that was a stupid dad joke. Um, <laughs> sometimes I make dumb jokes like that, you know? And you know what sucks even more? When you make dumb dad jokes, and your daughter and your wife and maybe other people are around, like yesterday I had a situation where I made a very stupid dad joke. <laughs> It was my wife, my daughter, her next door neighbor. I think her neighbor across the street, I think. 
don't know. I made a dumb joke. I couldn't even repeat what the joke is because I legit don't remember it. It was that dumb. But everybody just looked at me like I was the most retarded individual in the world. And I just looked at everybody and I was like, you know what? I have no shame. I thought it was funny. And because you guys aren't laughing, I guess that kind of sucks to be you because in my mind, it was genius. But then like five minutes later, I think to myself, like, that was the dumbest damn joke I think I could have ever come up with. No wonder they didn't laugh. No wonder they looked at me like I was an idiot. <laughs> but you know what? That's okay. I don't care. You know, it, granted, it's friends and family, right? But this is the other thing, too. Aside from not engaging in stupid arguments and pointless debates with people, I don't really care what people think of me. If people look at me like I'm an idiot or if they think I'm a so-and-so, right? I'm trying to keep it a little trying to keep it clean not trying to put bad words on here on one percent with him i don't think christ would like that but you know i don't care what people think of me i am me i am jason jones i am who i am i'm not gonna waver from that i'm not gonna be fake i'm not gonna sit here and put on a fake front and give you a show that's not that's not who i am i used to do that when i dj'd for eight and a half years i was in and out of nightclubs i always had to you know, I always felt the need to be on, if you know what that means. You always have to feel like you're on. You're always in character, right? You always had to have that swagger. You always had to put on that front, right? That image. Why? So I can be liked and accepted by other mortals? What's that going to do for me? I ain't going to do squat. Just like arguing pointless arguments, it's not going to do anything. The only argument worth arguing outside of your spouse, but is really with God. Because look, it, even though you can, you know, we pray to God, right? But sometimes something may not go the way you want it. And yeah, you're probably going to yell at God. I did when my wife went through her miscarriage and she had the, she had multiple ER visits and then had like multiple surgeries, three surgeries to be exact, which we just paid the bill for today. And Holy crap. Oh, I'm still catching my breath from that bill. Thank God for insurance. Otherwise it would have been 30 grand altogether. Yikes. But I am thankful for God. I'm thankful to God. Excuse me. I'm thankful to God that he's provided me with a good, a good career with benefits that, you know, took care of the majority of that bill. And more importantly, even if I did have to cough up $30,000, oh, well, it's just money. This world we're in, people get so caught up in it, in the, in the materialistic items, in the money, in the keeping up with the Joneses or the Kardashians. You know, people get caught up in so many worldly things. I, I'm starting to realize and have realized, excuse me, I have, I, I, I've already realized this, but it's continuing to become deeply and more embedded in my, uh, in my thought process, I guess, for lack of a better term, that everything in this world doesn't matter. The only thing that matters, here's the only thing that matters. This is what I figured out. And, and, and I like, and I, and I, the first thing that I think of before I tell you this, I think about this one scene in the movie with, um, Morgan Freeman. And I want to say it was, um, was it Jack Nicholson? I think of the movie was called, uh, oh, of course it's going to fleet my mind bucket list. 
and they check off this list and they go do a bunch of things. And I think they're, they're sitting at the top of, uh, I can't remember. They're not sitting at the top of Mount Everest, but they're sitting at the top of some mountain. It's not Mount Everest because that would be snowy and cold and miserable and you can't even breathe. But they were sitting at the top of some sort of summit and they were looking out at a beautiful sunset above the clouds. And I think Morgan Freeman, he asked Jack Nicholson's character in the movie, you know, um, I forgot what exactly he said, but I think if I'm if I'm not mistaken, he says, you know, if you when you die and you got to heaven, I think it was. And you were asked two questions. Would you say that you led a joyful life? Like, were you joyful? And I think he said, yeah, I was. And then the second question was, in order, I guess, to get in, you know, to heaven, if, if, if there was such a prerequisite, right, was, did you bring joy to others? And he sat there and he thought about it for quite some time. And so I say that to say this. Nothing else in this world matters, not the cars, not the bills, not the house, not the soccer practice you got to get the kids to, not the dirty, you know, not the toys all over the living room or, you know, or or the ketchup stain that you got on your white T-shirt. She was looking mighty fine in that miniskirt. Yeah, there's another bad dad joke in the country song reference. But what what I'm saying is. The only thing that matters is bringing joy to other people, right? It's our job to help bring heaven on earth, to help bring a smile to somebody else's face, to help bring joy in someone else's heart. Because I think that's why we're here in this fallen world. God calls us to not only serve his people, but to really bring heaven on earth until our Lord and Savior comes back. We need to be here to to help clothe the poor, to give an extra $20 bill to that homeless guy sitting on the corner of that gas station and maybe give him an extra pair of gloves that you haven't used to keep his hands warm while it's 10 degrees outside. That's the only thing that matters in this world. Because that's what Jesus did too. What did he do before they crucified him? He, you know, what was it? I think, I don't know if it was after the Last Supper, and forgive me because like I said, I'm still learning myself. But when it came to the washing of feet of his disciples, he did that as an illustration of what he expects his disciples and others to, you know, to follow in his footsteps, to serve others. Nobody is above serving one another. I don't care if you're a CEO for some Fortune 500 company or if you're the garbage man collecting trash, you know, in the city. Everybody is equal. The key, the question is, with everybody being on equal footing, on equal ground, Are you going to use what God gave you to bring joy to others? Or are you going to use the time that you have here on earth and self-serve yourself and be in this world and be of this world? Really think about that for a minute. And that's what I think that we're here to do. We're here to bring heaven on earth for other people. So, but anyway, that's all I have for you today. 
Like I always say, I'm not a priest, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a minister, I'm not a biblical expert or a scholar with the Bible. I'm far, far from that. I'm just a guy that has a Bible in my semi. I read it every day. Um, I try to make heads or tails of it. And some days I, it makes sense. And there's some days where phew, it goes right over my head. I look up at God. I'm like, really, God, you can't help me even understand one sentence in this chapter? Really? And that's when he's probably going to sit there and say, well, you should have went to bed a little earlier because otherwise you might have been awake enough to be able to comprehend what you were reading there. Not wrong. He's probably not wrong. But, you know, anyway, it's just, you know, all we can do is try, right? Spend 15 minutes, or you know, minimum with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and in prayer. That's all I'm saying. And remember, always invite Christ, Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist, Jesus Christ. Always invite Jesus Christ in your heart each and every day. Very, very important. So we will do a prayer. So, Heavenly Father, thank you so much. We thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for the people that come to this channel. They come here for you. They don't come here for me. They come here for you because this is your this is your podcast. I'm just a steward of it, just like I am of everything else. And um, we just continue to ask and you know ask for your guidance and pray that you keep guiding us along the way you need us to help us steward the resources that you bless us with and that you gift us um you know talk to us give us a nudge you know when you need us to do a little something extra in a you know in a day and um we just thank you for you know just all the big blessings you bring to us thank you for giving us you know in my family the ability to be able to pay a, a you know a, a fairly big hospital bill all in one shot when before it used to take me four years to be able to pay something like that off so thank you for that thank you for blessing us with just basic stuff like food and clothes on our back and a roof over our head and basic you know creature comforts like electricity and running water and just we pray for your also your forgiveness most importantly we do need your forgiveness we repent of our sins because we can't move forward in this nation and be able to get back to self-governing and and really return this nation back into the people's hands without coming back to you first. We can't we can't do anything without you. So we will get you centered around our lives. We will get you centered around this nation like it used to be, like it should have been, and how it should have always stayed. And we pray all this in your only son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that is all I have for you today. And um, like I said, you know, here at His Hard Line, we're firm, steadfast, and uncompromising. And the enemy's crossed that line for the last time, and we do rely on protection of the divine providence, and we will do our part as warriors for Christ to hold that line. So as it states in Joshua 1, 9, my favorite verse, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Proceed forward, hardliners. Never waver. This is your land. This is your country. This is your life. Own it. Protect it. Have a blessed day or night wherever you're at in the world, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Have a good night. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. Remember, we need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is literally 1% of our time on a daily basis.
spend a little time in the Bible, spend some time in prayer. And you'd be amazed what Jesus will do to you. Drop. our website www.hishardline.com for all the latest updates.